Hey, it's April 13th, 2022. Welcome to the new reality edition of Bert Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. And first up, we're going to have uh, Tarek Sultan from Sultan Ventures and Bridget Thorpe, recent Pre-X alumni. And uh, they're here to tell us about the upcoming Accelerate Hawaii Pre-Accelerator program. And then we'll be joined by Nathaniel Harmon, and he's the founder and CEO of Blockchain Solutions Hawaii. And we'll learn about what it takes to mine cryptocurrency like Bitcoin. But now I want to welcome Tarek Sultan from Sultan Ventures and and Bridget Thorpe, who recently graduated from the Pre-X program. And uh, they're here to tell us about the upcoming uh it's called the it's called the virtual investment readiness and business scaling program, and I want to welcome you both to Bite Marks Cafe. All right, thanks for having us, Bert. Happy to be thanks, here. Thanks, Bert. Yeah, great. So, Tarek, you know, I um, I'm I'm glad to have you on. Sometimes uh, I guess I usually get uh, get the older brother uh, Omar, but uh, he's somewhere on the other side of the earth. So, good to have you join us, and and Tarek. Uh, so what's the what's the latest with uh, Prex and and before before you get into the details, I mean what what is Prex? And somebody asked me the other day what is Prex, and I I explained to them it's the pre a pre to everything. Whether it's you want to do a startup, you want to do a accelerator, you want to you know try to do something, and all you have is an idea. I mean it's it's pretty much a uh, an introduction to whatever you want to do from an from an entrepreneurial standpoint. Yeah, that's right. And so, you know, we initially started calling it a pre-accelerator, but really it's morphed into more than just that. Um, so a lot of folks are now familiar with what an accelerator is or what an incubator is. Um, Pre-X is, is essentially a venture building program, right? It's a way to take whatever idea you're working on, whether you're a solo entrepreneur, you know, you're doing a side gig, uh, a small business owner that already is making six figures, maybe more, or, you know, a high growth uh, startup or entrepreneur that's looking for venture backing. Whatever that X is the, uh, as the next level that you want to take your business, Pre-X is a way to help you uh, get there, right? And so what we always say is it's a curated set of material that uncovers all the unknown unknowns in the world of entrepreneurship. No, and I think it's a, that's a great idea. And, and, you know, there's all kinds of uh, uh, stages. And I think offering what it is that you folks offer in terms of expertise uh, can get people started on the path to entrepreneurship and and Bridget so uh, tell us a little bit about your company and how you got involved with uh, with Prex and, and accelerate Hawaii yeah thanks for asking um, so I founded Solve. it's a sports bra company we make hybrid bras to support athletic women on land in the water or kind of anywhere their life adventures very much Hawaii outdoorsy based um, and it was actually an interesting story um, I was supposed to launch the company uh, a few months ago, but um, we had some supply chain hiccups. And long story short, I stumbled upon Prex during that lag, and definitely think it was a meant to be thing because where I started pre Prex and post graduation, uh, the way it got me to lift my gaze and see the future of my company and just even launch out the gate was dramatically different. And so, would you characterize any particular thing that was the most? Uh, uh, educational uh, going through the process? Yeah, absolutely. Um, a few things. But I think one of the biggest takeaways that I had was they, um, the way they kind of like educate you is just so polished, but there's also a lot of heart and storytelling in it. And there was this one story they told us. Um, Tarek would do a, a way better job at explaining it, but it, it was kind of this uh, 
parable they called the three blue hats and got a very cool story about a king and this big decision he needs to make but the the punchline of it is you need to think not only from your perspective and your customer's perspective but also from the investor's perspective so i think as an entrepreneur sometimes you get a little down in the weeds and um, a big takeaway from the program was lifting gaze from the mindset of an investor and how you position your company to go beyond growth and to truly scale yeah that's great and you know uh Tarek and Omar, I mean, they got a great program, and I think the team really pulls it together, and I, I just really uh, admire the, the work that they've done. And <clears throat> Tarek, you know, you've, uh, uh, I know that there was an information session that, that, that just recently took place, and you're gearing up for uh, another cohort coming up. Um, I, I think uh, there's a deadline, deadline, but there's no information sessions in, you know, in addition to the one that took place yesterday, right? Uh, no, so no other information sessions coming up. But if you have any questions, feel free to, to visit our website and just um, you know email us. So you can go to our website at accelerate.hawaii.com. It's like a vanity plate, so it's x l r a h i dot com. Um, email us any questions you have. We're happy to, to answer or DM us on Instagram, Facebook, mm-hmm. or any mm-hmm. of those, um, and we'll answer any questions you might have. Like you said, the deadline is coming up. It's one week from today, uh, so Wednesday, April twentieth at eleven fifty nine p.m. If you miss the deadline. Technically, that's okay because um, we have rolling um, applications, and so it's not like if you miss it at 11:59 and get it in at midnight, like we're we're gonna reject it, right? We we take a look at all the applications, and if it's not a fit for this program, you know, we keep you in mind for the next cohort as well. And and how many uh, let's say seats do you have for a particular cohort? That's a great question. So on average, we get um, a few hundred applications for a cohort. Uh, Based off of how we're structured right now, we are um, we looked to fill about 15 to 25 seats, and so on average, we've had right around 18 or 19 per per cohort. Um, a little over 50 companies so far come through the Prex uh, program. And when when you uh, when you had the Bridget on Bridget, was it a virtual event or or did you guys get together? Yeah, it was virtual. And what I loved about that is I'm actually located on Kauai, so. Okay. Um, it was so nice to not even plug with the community in Oahu, but just other neighboring islands as well. Well, that's uh, that's great, and that's great to hear that you're calling in from Kauai, and that's the whole idea of, you know, yeah. doing uh, doing <laughs> a telephone via you know Bite Marsh Cafe, so I can I can have you uh, neighbor island folks uh, join us. So that's great, I and love and, it. and uh, so Tarek, you know, this upcoming upcoming uh, cohort is it going to be kind of a hybrid thing, or are you going to just kind of stick to virtual? the foreseeable future, uh, Prex is 100% virtual, 100% remote, and that's exactly for you know to get the access to the neighbor island companies as well and provide opportunities to them. Um, that's really what Prex is all about, right? Is providing uh, opportunities to those that are traditionally underserved and underrepresented here in Hawaii, and and provide that material that is usually reserved for the venture capital industry, right? Which really represents less than one percent of all businesses, not just in Hawaii but across the U.S. And so we're trying to provide all those resources, those networks, those expertise. To the traditional business owner here in Hawaii, which represents you know ninety to ninety five percent of businesses, and of course the uh, the application deadline is coming up. It's a it's a kind of a deadline, hard deadline, but it's actually kind of squish, soft and squishy as uh, Tarek might describe. And that's coming up hard on de- the hard deadline for anyone but those that listen to bite marks. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and of course, uh, where can where can people go to uh, actually apply for this cohort? Yep, so it's head to AccelerateHawaii.com, so it's X-L-R-A-H-I.com, um, and, and look for our pre-X program, and you can apply there. Very good. I'll put that up on our show notes. Mahalo, Tarek, and uh, uh, Brit, uh, Bridget for mm-hmm. joining me. 
Right on. Thanks for Pardon? all the pleasure. And of course, uh, we'll, so we'll take a, <laughs> we'll take a short break and we'll return uh, in a few seconds to get joined by Nathaniel Harmon, and he's the founder and CEO of Blockchain Solutions Hawaii. And of course, we'll learn about uh, cryptocurrency and mining blockchain. I'm um, actually mining Bitcoin. Oh, Tarek, you got me all kind of uh, you know squishy here. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors, Bavarian Motor Experts, and Chaminade University. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe on Hawaii Public Radio. I'm happy to welcome Nathaniel Harmon, who is the founder and CEO of Blockchain Solutions Hawaii, and uh, he's here to give us a a kind of a quick lesson on learning about cryptocurrencies and what it takes to mine Bitcoin. And hey, Nathaniel, I want to welcome you to Bite Marks Cafe. Hey, Bert, pleasure to be here. Longtime listener and uh, HPR sustaining member. That's great. And you know, I should have had you on uh, last week during our our membership uh, drive and campaign because <laughs> uh, you know I love to have the sustaining members uh, join us and proof of the pudding that you know the the, the listeners are supporters and. And it's great that you've uh, enjoyed the, the programming, you know, over over these years. And you know, I was looking at uh, some of my my emails, and I wanted to do something about uh, Bitcoin and Bitcoin mining. So I was kind of searching my Gmail, and I'm I, was, I said, "Hey, Nathaniel, geez, he wrote to me like I don't know, like a, <laughs> a while back. I better I better get a hold of this guy and find out like what's the scoops now, Nathaniel. So I, I want to get you know to have you tell us a little bit more about you know." Um, things like Bitcoin and Bitcoin mining. But what kind of prompted the, the idea was that, you know, I, I had heard a story, and it was on, on NPR. It was about uh, some of the small cities, uh, towns across the country that are reviving some of their uh, energy production through, through some of the coal mining and, and coal energy uh, plants that, that they have and <clears throat> some of the, um, I guess, cheap energy that could be gotten. And it's being revived because there are uh, folks out there that are really, uh, really going after the the Bitcoin mining, and so that was kind of a revival. But it's it had this sort of uh, dark side of it because it was it was really generating more sort of dirty energy and contributing to um, you know carbon dioxide and and uh, warming of the climate. But but before we get into that, before we get into that, that's kind of the preface to the show. Uh, tell us a little bit, of, a little bit of what you do. What is Blockchain Solutions Hawaii? So we're Hawaii's local uh, blockchain help desk. Uh, we provide consulting services uh, for business integration, education, uh, development in the space. You know, programming, app development. Um, yeah, we've you know been doing that for a number of companies around the island since 2017 um and yeah that's you know kind of what we do and then uh are you um i guess interested in the whole variety of cryptocurrencies uh or are do you do you have kind of a focus on on bitcoin yeah so um an important distinction to make in the industry, you know, a lot of people lump all of the different cryptocurrencies together, and that's sort of disingenuous. Mm-hmm. So there's a uh, there there is Bitcoin, and then there is everything else, right? Bitcoin is a decentralized network with no centralized party, and everything else is 
better considered as a, a company, right? There's a founder. There's a, you know, someone in charge of marketing for that particular network. There's someone in charge of, you know, X, Y, and Z. It's structured like a company versus mm-hmm. Bitcoin, where it's completely decentralized from top to bottom. Well, even even so the, we only focus on Bitcoin. And even the founder of of Bitcoin was kind of a, a mysterious character, right? So you can't even put a finger on who that is. Exactly. He, uh, you know, he was pseudonymous. Uh, he solved a, you know, 80, 90 year old computer science problem that was uh, thought to be unsolvable, called the Byzantine Generals problem. And he did so through something called proof of work, which is, you know, gets to the point about energy. So mm-hmm. um, in order to keep a network, and in this case, uh, the monetary network for the Internet, Bitcoin, decentralized without, you know, a single party being in control, the only proven way to solve that single party, you know, centralized uh, administrator problem is by expending energy, right? So the solution to the Byzantine general's problem is called the proof of work. Mm -hmm. And essentially you're playing a giant game of a needle in a haystack where the haystack is the size of the observable universe and the needle is the size of a an atom. And you are essentially guessing and checking through that entire number series looking for that atom. So, you know, you have a bunch of computers. Obviously, you can do this on paper, mm-hmm. but it is much faster <laughs> yeah. to do this on computers and even faster than now that there are computers that have been specifically built to to search through this number series as fast as uh, you know as fast as possible, they're called ASICs. And so, what would you? How would you describe a typical computer rig that is you know bought and built specifically for Bitcoin mining? What kind of computer do you need to get? <clears throat> Uh, so they're called ASICs, uh, application-specific integrated circuits, mm-hmm. and there are a number of manufacturers for them. Uh, it's even the manufacturing of them is decentralized because there's no patent on it. Uh, and now I believe Jack Dorsey, uh, you know, from Twitter, he's in the process of uh, building these ASICs. IBM is starting to build these ASICs. There's just a number of companies, and you can stick one. You know, I have 50 or so panels on the roof, and I'm on the net energy metering program, and I have a single miner running in my house. Um, So it can be anywhere from a hobby miner doing it in their house to an industrial-scale data center. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. For folks that are, you know, actually doing uh, Bitcoin mining, do they pretty much have to custom build their own machines? Uh, no, they they uh, you know they produce them commercially, um, and there are you know hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of these things around the world. Uh, and what's interesting is that the the profitability from Bitcoin mining is solely dependent on the marginal cost of energy. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know there's they're relatively OPEX heavy, right? So over the lifetime of these machines, the amount of, uh, you know, the, the cost of powering and then cooling these machines 
far outclips the initial cost of purchasing these machines. So, you know, you mentioned at the beginning of the show that there are a number of places around the country and the world that are, uh, you know, kind of keeping coal or, you know, aging fossil fuel plants alive. And Mm -hmm. what you'll see is when you look into where those plants are, is that those uh, those plants happen to be located in uh, you know in short you know uh, proximity to the mine that produced that fossil fuel and right. so you know with fossil fuels uh, it's relatively cheap to build a coal fire plant but again over the lifetime of that plant what you're going to see is that the cost of uh, the fuel source that coal again, eclipses the cost, the initial CapEx, mm-hmm. um, capital mm-hmm. expense. Mm-hmm. So what you're seeing is that these, you know, because these, uh, you know, Bitcoin mining is energy de- independent, it doesn't really care what energy source, they'll just go to where the cheapest, uh, you know, cost of energy is. And in those few and, uh, you know, far cases, well, it turns out to be coal. Um, but then on the other hand, well, you know, what does it cost for the sun to shine? What mm-hmm. does it cost for the wind to blow? And what does it cost for the geo to therm? And the answer is zero, right? Uh, you know, they the sun shines without you paying it. The wind blows without you paying it. Um, I like that. I like and, that. The, the the you know how much it costs to get the geo to therm. <laughs> so I I do <laughs> I do you. want yeah I do want you to uh, share a little bit more about you know the the renewable energy option to maybe have a better uh, contributing uh, energy budget into the the whole Bitcoin mining picture. So why don't we hold that thought? We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with Nathaniel Harmon from Blockchain Solutions Hawaii, and uh, we're learning about the energy required to mine cryptocurrencies. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Hastings and Pleadwell, a communication company. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe on HPR One. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, we're talking to Nathaniel Harmon. He's a founder and CEO of Blockchain Solutions Hawaii, and we're talking about cryptocurrencies and the energy demands to actually mine Bitcoin and of course, right before the break, uh, I, I learned something new. It's how to, uh, it's the geotherming, the therming that you get out of geo. So, <laughs> uh, you know, Nathaniel, tell me, you, you know, with your insights into mining of of uh, Bitcoin, and and you you're actually a miner, so you've got solar panels on on your rooftop. Uh, what would you kind of recommend to others that might be getting into this and how might they best leverage renewables as opposed to plugging it into your AC outlet and then, you know, just burning more fossil fuels? Yeah, so the progression in the mining industry since 2016, uh, the renewable penetration in 2016 of the Bitcoin mining network was around 4 to 10%. The data isn't great from 2016. Um and since then, what we've seen is, well, there's better data. And at coming to today, uh, we're looking at the entire network is powered by 58% powered by renewables at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's solely because the marginal cost of energy for renewables is as close to zero as it can be. Um, 
And so, you know, while while you have this, uh, you know, the the few headlines about coal plants, what you don't hear headlines about is actually something we're doing locally. So one of the companies that we consult with is Mackay Ocean Engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, these are the, you know, the, the leading ocean thermal energy conversion company in the world, right? And, you know, uh, OTEC, as it's called, Ocean Thermal Energy Conversion, derives its energy from the, temp- the difference in temperature between the warm surface water here in the tropics and the deep cold water that's right offshore. And you can generate energy from that. Um, but And so, you know, the first uh, grid-connected OTEC plant was actually built on the Big Island back in 2015. And it has since been closed down. Uh, it's, you know, it's a testing facility, and the testing was done. Um, and we know that once we get to, you know, scale, say, 100 and larger megawatt capacity for OTEC, it becomes a really good source of energy. So, you know, for Hawaii, there is no other renewable source of energy that can provide 100% of our energy needs, especially here on Oahu. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so what we found is that by optimizing for Bitcoin mining, we can get through this what's called the innovation valley of death, right? In a, in an economy of scale, right, it's you know, it's easy to get money for testing because the government will give that to you. And it's it's really cheap energy once you get to scale, but you have to build somewhere in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. And the problem is that building somewhere in the middle is going to run you, you know, at the, as, the, as the end consumer around 50 cents to a dollar per kilowatt hour, which is completely unacceptable for the consumer. I Paying 30 cents per kilowatt hour is already unacceptable. Nobody's going to agree to double or triple that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But what we found is that we can get through this innovation valley of death by optimizing for Bitcoin mining specifically. And so this isn't just here. What you're seeing is this explosion in energy experimentation unlike anything we've ever seen in the world, because there is this natural incentive mechanism that, hey, if you experiment and you get it right, well, the reward for that is more Bitcoin than anyone else can get. Mm -hmm. And so you have this natural, you know, uh, free market solution to to the energy problem, right? You want to get everyone competing to generate the most amount of energy possible. And that just hasn't been the case up until now. And Bitcoin provides this last key, this last leg in the renewable energy puzzle. So this uh, this uh, innovation valley of death, I mean, and, and I think what you're saying is that there's an opportunity to explore a variety of different renewable alternatives. And as you mentioned, OTEC and the Big Island, and of course, there's geothermal there, there's sun, there's when I mean, there there could be a number of different things that could happen uh, right here in Hawaii, especially on the Big Island. Is is anybody taking up that challenge? Absolutely. So um, we've been getting calls. I've been on the phone for the last week or so uh, with people around the island. Um, well, it, you know, one of the problems with solar and wind is its intermittent nature, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it leads to curtailment, where we're just throwing energy away. We j- when the wind is blowing and the sun is shining in the middle of the day, 
Hawaii generates too much energy, and we have no demand for it, right? The grid, has, there, is no, there is no demand for that energy from the grid. And so what Bitcoin can do is it can provide a buyer of last resort guaranteeing 100% revenue-generating energy use. And that's something that's never, you know, never been, uh, you know, in our demand response plan here in Hawaii, we're talking about turning, you know, turning on ACs that in buildings that no one's in, mm-hmm, right? Just mm-hmm. burning energy to deal with this problem. What Bitcoin can do is it can generate, instead of just burning energy, you can generate revenue. And this makes the, you know, the calculus and building a new wind farm, building a new solar, you know, solar uh, plant so much easier. Uh, There's no curtailment calculations that need to be made. And you can experiment with new types of energy like OTEC. And and uh, Nathaniel, I got I had a call caller call in uh, even before just before the show, uh, asking about the potential for these Tesla batteries that might be another storage uh, mechanism as you start to create more more renewable energy. Sure, uh, you know storage is is a, is an option. Yes. Uh, now, if you wanted to store all the energy uh, to power the world, well, there's not enough lithium on planet Earth to do that, so you'll run into the lithium problem. Right. But, um, you know, batteries, intermittent sources that require batteries won't function for a base load. Um, and so you can store the energy all you want, but eventually that storage is going to fill up. What do you do with the energy once that storage is filled up? Right. And you can just dump it into Bitcoin. So instead, I propose what's called the reverse battery, right? It's mm-hmm. a, just a, we should generate 10 times the amount of energy that we actually need, take 90, 90% of it, mine Bitcoin, and then we use the other 10%. This allows the economy of scale to function properly. So, you know, if we wanted to, you know, if we're just doing solar and wind without Bitcoin, we're not bringing the cost of energy down in Hawaii. Well, if we're generating 10 times the amount of energy that we need, well, now we can start letting that economy of scale work for us, which does bring the cost of energy down. Okay, and this is exciting stuff. And, and of course, I, I did want to, in the last kind of minute or so, tell have you give us an update on what's happening with some of these Digital Currency Innovation Lab bills that are now entering into the last phase of the legislative session. I mean, any any updates you can quickly uh, share with us? Sure, I've actually worked on uh, worked on them. Um, we were able to uh, work with the DFI and the DCIL to help craft these bills. Um, they've made it through crossover. I believe the Senate bill is in the House and still has the. The the Finn committee uh, and then the House bill and the Senate has is going to the floor um, and yeah I mean uh, we're we're thinking they're going to pass and one of the cool things about this bill is it's actually pretty innovative um, you know there's a, it's a licensing bill for cryptocurrency companies that custody customers' assets so. You know, these are bearer assets. Bitcoin is a bearer asset. You own it, you control it yourself. Well, the idea is that if you give that Bitcoin to a company and they custody it for you, there needs to be some extra regulation. But on the other side, it allow because it's a you know bearer asset, it 
allows for these non-custodial use cases. So, and so there is an exemption for those non-custodial use cases. Nathaniel, you know, uh, we got to end, but I'll, I'll put your link on the show notes for later on. People can get in touch with you and get some more information. Nathaniel Harmon is the founder and CEO of Blockchain Solutions Hawaii. And of course, I want to thank him for joining us today. And thank you for listening to Bite Marsh Cafe. Join us next week when we're here about design thinking at the Department of Education. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. You stay safe. You stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Bye.